with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. No starting job is going to be won day one or day two. No starting job is going to be lost day one or day two. So glide. Like a plane going down the runway, builds up speed, then just go, takes off, it glides, and then it takes off. Even a rocket ship, spacecraft. 10987654321. Slow, gets off the launching pad slow, and then takes off. <laughs> uh, takes off like a rocket ship. I'm guessing uh, perhaps that is uh, what Michigan's going to do tomorrow at least. Oh, you think um, so? You think a blowout in the in desert, In Harbaugh's. Eh? Well, I'm just saying in Harbaugh's opinion. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't. I think uh, I think TCU is, is going to have something for them. I think that they uh, – think they're going to have a uh, a really good game plan. I think they're going to be able to throw a ton of, of skill position guys at them. The likes that they really haven't seen. I know Ohio State's got uh, some really good skill guys, but they don't have the quarterback that's going to run like Duggan can. Um, you know, the one-two that they've got at, at running back, um, uh, the size they have at wide receiver and at tight end is – is something that they just haven't seen, and it'll be one of the better offenses. It, it'll at least be the second best offense that Michigan's played. What TCU has? Oh yeah, yeah. And you know something else that's really interesting. Now I'm not trying to convince anyone that TCU's got some unbelievable defense, okay? But what they do have is the three-three-five defense that we see a lot in this conference. But I don't think anyone runs it in the Big Ten. And if you don't see it regularly, it is incredibly weird. It's hard to block. The fronts are 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 difficult. The rotational players, you never know where they are. It's going to take Michigan a while to adapt to, to what they see from, from TCU's defense. Now, I expect that they're going to be able to adapt eventually with an unbelievable offensive line, and they're going to be able to run the ball and have some success. But they cannot afford very many uh, chances to stump their toe on offense and not get points out of it because I think TCU yeah. – is going to go up and down the field on Well, uh, you just said that. You remember my comp of what I think that this game is going to look like? Um, I think no. the comp here is the OU Georgia Rose Bowl. TCU has some success early on offense, and then Michigan figures it out, makes some adjustments, and then maybe their run game is what uh, kind of propels them to victory in the second half. I thought this was interesting. ESPN had the best 25 players in the college football playoff. Off the top of your head, who do you think they put at number one? Or who would you say is the best player that's going to be in the playoff tomorrow? The best player in yeah. the playoff tomorrow. Oh, boy. Does anyone, um, does anyone come to mind at all? 
no. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The center for Michigan. No, I, he wasn't even the top five. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh. Max Duggan, ESPN said, is the best player playing tomorrow in the college football playoff. Like, okay, I mean, he was a Heisman finalist. Okay. Jalen Carter at Georgia was two. Marvin Harrison at Ohio State was three. Keely Ringo, uh, he is a uh, defensive back out of Georgia's four. J.J. McCarthy, five. C.J. Stroud all the way back at number six. So, I don't know, man. I, I, I think well. Michigan – I think Michigan's really good, and I think Michigan's probably going to win this game tomorrow by 10 points. I think that covers the spread. Give me Michigan like um, – I'll take like 38-28 tomorrow. Well, um, that list is wrong. The center for Michigan will be playing in the NFL. He won the w- Remington, be, right? Yeah, he won the Remington. He run, won the Outland. He's won everything, and – He's going to be, uh, a, I don't know, top ten pick as a center in the NFL, and he's going to be a pro bowler, and he's going to be an all-pro, yeah. and he's going to be playing he's, in the NFL he's better than long JJ past any of those guys. He's better than J.J. McCarthy at five. I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. That's going to be a tough matchup for the freshman nose tackle for TCU, who's a good player, but he's got a tough matchup. So who are you um, taking? That'll be fun to watch. you taking Michigan or TCU? Oh, no one cares what I pick, so I'll be rooting for TCU, and I think they've got a good shot. Why not take them? All right. I'll just take them. Um, by I the way. the difference is going to be the running quarterback, Max te- Duggan. Text line, I'm curious who you're rooting for tomorrow. Michigan, TCU, or I really don't care, but I'm going to be watching the game. By the way, TCU, the first team in Texas to make the college football playoff, so that's kind of <laughs> funny, right? It's pretty enjoyable. Brilliant. All right, uh, the other semifinal game. I, I think um, I think the storylines here are fascinating, man. Ohio State's been pummeled by a tough Michigan team the past two years, and here's the exact same blueprint with Georgia, right? After a month to prepare, is Ohio State ready this time around for a fist fight? I don't think that they are. Um, I like Georgia by about 14 points in this game. Give me somewhere 38-24, dogs win, and Ohio State fans want Ryan Day fired at the end of the season. Um, yeah, I think I, I think there's a chance that if Georgia gets off to a hot start, that Ohio State folds and folds badly. Um Michigan whipped them at their own place. They didn't have answers. Um, you know they've got they've got quarterback, they've got wide receivers, and they've got they've got a roster full of really good players. I mean, I don't I don't want to act like they don't, but Georgia is a totally different animal. And if Michigan's game plan worked against them, I Georgia's I think is going to be better because of the time they've had. Yeah. To to really study them, and they've got they've got better players. Michigan's got some really good players, but like, overall, Georgia's roster is vastly superior to both Ohio State's and Michigan's. And that doesn't tell you everything. Like you, you never know, but I I feel pretty firmly that Georgia wins this one. And I mean, no number will surprise me. I think they probably win it by uh, seventeen, but. It wouldn't shock me if it was more than that. 
Yeah, when Georgia has, you know, when someone's really caught their attention this year, they've played at a pretty uh, pretty high level. And obviously the college football playoff in Atlanta, it's essentially going to be a home game for Georgia tomorrow. This one's going to catch their attention. Um, yeah, I, Ohio State might have some early success, but they're not, they're not ready to play Georgia. That's going to show up tomorrow. What's the worst – is the worst national championship – Ohio State, TCU, or is it um, TCU, Georgia? It's TCU, Ohio State. Yeah. Really? I mean, are you talking about from a rating standpoint or from uh, my own personal like, I think it's probably, yeah, I think it's probably TCU and Ohio State because it yeah. really feels like the two best teams right now are Georgia and Michigan. And yeah. ratings-wise, like an SEC team against a – Big-time Big Ten program that has a, a huge alumni. Michigan hadn't played in a national yeah. title game in forever. Um, that's, Ever, that's they, they've never played in one. Well, I guess technically no, because even their last title, they split with Nebraska, and there was no title yeah. game. Right. Yeah, that would be that would probably be the best ratings-wise. I feel like if it's TCU-Georgia, and Georgia gets to see everything TCU has to offer and has probably already been studying them quite a bit, and the amount of players, like they can throw players at them that no one else really can, and I just feel like that would be a, a national championship beatdown. But we'll see. Uh, useless information. The Fiesta yeah. Bowl trophy, $2.5 million is how much it cost, which I think is uh, pretty ridiculous. Why does the Fiesta Bowl trophy cost $2.5 million? I don't what? know, but, yes, it does. I saw that earlier What's today. it look like? Uh, it's very, very tall, and it's got some bling on it, especially in, like, the football. I, I think the football on top has, like, a bunch of diamonds on it. I, I don't know. I, it's all today. It's $2.5 oh, million. I'm looking at it, man. Whoo! Somebody scammed the hell out of the Fiesta. I don't know who paid the $2.5 million for it, but, man, did they get scammed the on that thing. The football on the top is $1 million alone. Because of the 2,200, uh, 2200 diamonds, it also weighs 285 pounds. Jeez. Wow. Okay. I guess Drew Brees bought that trophy. I didn't know he was on the Fiesta Bowl committee. Here's the thing, though. And it's not like the diamonds aren't being used for anything else anyways, but it's a total waste of diamonds. It, they're just going to be sitting on a ball in a trophy case. They're not going anywhere. Dumb. Waste of money. Whoever threw away that you could have something that looks exactly like it for, I don't know, 1000 bucks, 1500 bucks. You think uh, Jim Harbaugh is going to take that trophy uh, to cash for gold after the game tomorrow? Try to get the I most would. out of that? What I would do is if I was the trophy maker that was tasked with making this trophy, I would have uh, put a bunch of fake diamonds on there, fake gold, uh, it's got, like, lead in there to make it feel like it's super heavy and just taking the two and a half million bucks. No one's going to be checking and that. And no one will sure care. No one will care yeah. either, even if Sitting that was the case. Sitting in a trophy case. case. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's see. Chuck says, hate both, but TCU, the lesser of two evils. He's rooting for the Frogs yeah. tomorrow. Guy from Geyer says, great. So me and the guy that's dumb as a rock pick TCU. <laughs> <laughs> You're stuck with me. Uh, and uh, as, as soon as uh, as soon as TCU wins, 
All we can say is that everyone at Michigan is idiots, pathetic losers, and should be fired. The trophy weighs as much as Traber's head. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> come on, Tulane. Let's go. Monday afternoon, it's USC Woo. and Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. So, I, I'm telling you, it's am I a, a lifelong game. am I a lifelong Tulane fan? Yes. Yeah. Is this the biggest game of my Tulane fandom on on Tuesday? Absolutely, it is. Let's go Green Wave. Once, once you almost lose to Tulane at home uh, on a season opener, you're a fan for life. Okay, I, that's what I said. That's just how it works. That's what I said that day. You also have yep. um, Tennessee and Clemson coming up tonight. Um, give me Tennessee in that game in a close one. That, I think that's going to be a fun Orange Bowl. Yeah, but you can't even justify the pick. You're just throwing something out I there. I can't justify either side on this one, man. That's so yes, you're right. Yeah. I am. As if anyone cares about our picks. I know. I was. I was like trying to back you into a corner there, but I can't justify anything I've said either. So, uh, you someone thinks that K State's going to put up a fight 11 a.m. Yeah. in the Sugar Bowl. Exactly. Yep, I do. Um, here's the thing. I, I know guys for Alabama are playing right, that are going to be in the draft, going to be first-rounders. They've got all these guys playing in the game. I get that. They're playing. But I also think they probably have one foot in, one foot out. And this is like the biggest game in the history of Kansas State football. There's no one on that team that is one foot in, one foot out. Now, does that make up all of the difference? No, it doesn't. But Alabama has not looked fantastic at any point this year, right? Not really, man. they just have it just hasn't clicked for whatever reason and maybe they put it all together tomorrow and if they do listen i'm not sitting here trying to tell you that kansas state is on the level with alabama that's not what i'm saying but because of the circumstances because of the situation i i i just i think that they're going to make a really good football game out of it could be wrong i'm uh, i'm as dumb as a rock so I could think, be totally wrong on that. I think you and all of us need Kansas State to win this game. Why? Well, because OU, I'm going to guess, is probably going to go to Manhattan next year to play a football game. And it's oh. been several years after the fact of that 2003 Big 12 championship game. Great point. But it's still the centerpiece of their intro video several years after the highlights. fact. If they were to beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, there would be a small glimpse of that Big 12 championship game. But their new intro video for the next 30 years would be the time they beat Alabama in New Orleans. Yeah. Man, that's exactly right. Well done by you. Um no more sprawls. We'll be able to see Deuce Vaughn yeah. running into the end zone yeah. on Alabama. Yeah, they'll Jeez. update their intro video for the first time in 20 years. It'll be great. I don't know. Give them something to do I this offseason. I have a feeling they're going to keep that one that's been tailor fit for Oklahoma games. They're going to keep that, uh, you know, they're going to keep that on the reel. Probably. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on next. Stay tuned. Teddy and Tyler telling you. So many, and guys grew up, and we saw that in this game. And, you know, the foundation has been set, and I'm excited what, you know, Coach Venables is is building here. And you can see, like, our, I mean, five of our games have four or five, four or five, have been touchdown or less, you know, in the loss column. So, I mean, you turn just the games that we lose by field goal, you, you know, 
swap play for or play that they made for a play that we make, you know, we're in a different position. But I'm so proud of, you know, the guys. I know that they're going to do big things. The guys are going to continue to grow up, and it's just going to go up from here. Braden Willis after the game last night. Another great game. He had a great season. Wish him all the best moving forward in the NFL. I want to ask you about a couple of guys defensively because I think that if this defense is going to make major stride next year, they're going to need certain things, but I think that they're going to need Stutzman to be that dude in the middle of the defense and Billy Bowman for, yeah. for to be that guy in the back end. I want to ask you about both those guys. Let's start with Stutzman. Do you think after watching him for a full season as a starter and watching him last night, how close is he, like how poised is he to being like that guy at, you know, in the middle of the defense for this team? Um, I, as long as he has a good, healthy offseason, um, continues on his current trajectory, continues to develop, gets stronger, gets faster, you know, continues to learn this defense. He's going to be excellent next year. Excellent. Be excellent inside backer. Um, and I think you could see you could see where it's going last night. Confident, communicating, getting people lined up was where he was supposed to be. Uh, you know, without knowing the calls and knowing, you know, and being able to watch the film and grade it and all of that stuff, uh, it looked like he was where he was supposed to be all night. Um, didn't make every play, but you're never going to make every play. There's going to be some that you miss. But his, his misses have slowly become fewer and further between. And I think next year they're going to be rare. And you're going to have totally solid, capable, physical um, inside backer that is controlling the defense. It, pretty much exactly like you've always seen in a Venables defense, Clemson, Oklahoma, whatever, he's going to be that guy. All right. I feel, I feel totally confident in that. What about Bowman? Uh, I think I think Bowman's going to get better. I think the the one real factor that the only complaint I have with Bowman is, you know, the open field tackling becomes an issue at times, and you know that's that's he's going to get better with that, and he's already he's not bad, but it's something that he's going to get better. You know, he's fast and he's physical and he's a playmaker, and you know, on it, I don't even know. Is he necessarily even playing the right position, or is he playing safety because lack of perhaps some other bodies there? Or wh- you know? where? I mean, okay, um, where would you think that he works at if not safety? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Corner. We've seen him play corner. Yeah. Uh, previously, I don't know. I, I like him at safety. Um, I do. I, I don't I, have a problem there. I'm just saying that, like, if if they're wanting to get more size at safety, and they have the players capable of doing that, could we see him move somewhere else? And I'm no one has told me that. I'm just 
I'm just kind of throwing some stuff out there because that's how capable he is. Um, but I, I think that he's going to continue to progress. I think, like I said, I think safety is going to be become rather quickly, and I think I feel comfortable throwing Cheetah and Corner in there too. I think the secondary is going to become uh, much more of a position of strength for us in the oh, future. Oh, the size, like size-wise, it's going to improve. Athleticism, it's going to improve. Yeah, I would, I, I would agree with that. Now, I, maybe I'm looking too into this, but I asked you about two guys defensively. Are they ready to like be the guy with their position group? Be the guy on the defense. I kind of felt like you feel a little bit better about Stutzman turning into that next year more than you do Billy Bowman. Yeah. And maybe that's not right, but I think I think Bowman, like Stutzman is not physically limited at his position. He's he's bigger than most and runs uh He's, he runs adequate, if not a plus on the running side. Um, I, Bowman, is, he's just he's size limited. That's the only thing. I mean, as far as, like, explosiveness and speed and, you know, all of those abilities, I think that he's excellent. But he's undersized. And when you're undersized, it makes everything a little bit more difficult. You're, you know... Whenever you're you're smaller and don't have the length, it's harder to make those tackles, right? You're giving up poundage. It's harder to wrap the bigger guys. So that's the only reason that I'm I'm a, li- a little bit hesitant there, but I still think that he's going to progress and be be really really good. Text line: Danny Stutzman has made some plays where he's put a blocker on their ass and then made a tackle for loss in the last couple D- games. He, he started looking like the night. real deal to me. He trucked the, uh, was it? What's that back's name last night? Benson. Uh, tri- yeah, Benson. Yes. Put him Trey right Benson. on his butt, and then went and got a sack on the quarterback, which naturally uh, didn't go our way, and they called it an incomplete pass. <laughs> go figure. Like we haven't seen that uh, over and over and over this year. But yeah, he, he's. I'm telling you, it, it hasn't all been perfect this year. I know that. There's been there's been peaks and valleys, but. If you go back and look at him in the first handful of games compared to what he's looked like in the last like two or three games, it ain't even close. And I think he capped the year off with his best game overall. I was a Danny Stutzman doubter, says the 918. He seemed to have turned the corner or turned a corner late in the year, hoping he continues to grow. Yeah. You know, and that's that's kind of the thing about growing within the defense now compared to 20 years ago when, you know, great defense was being played. You know, you could hide a little bit back then, right? You know, trying to grow and develop because there's so many other great players around you. Like, that wasn't the case with this year's defense. Like, we saw, I think, front and center, you just said peaks and valleys with Danny Stutzman. Yeah. His peaks and valleys this year were kind of front and center because – you know, there were some nice defensive uh, pieces around this year, but there just weren't superstars all over the field to hide maybe the progression that he was going through. Well, here's the thing, you know. I, I, I compare where he's at with where I was at because I think there's a, a lot of similarities. 
played, you know, just a, a handful sparingly as a true freshman and got, you know, had my first starts as a true sophomore. And you, I say it all the time. I started off the season, I was god awful. Uh, but by the, by the end of the year, I was, I was playing some good, solid football. And I probably ended the year, like the, my final two games of the year were probably by far my best two games of the season. And that just kind of catapulted me. But think about this. Whenever I was starting as a sophomore, I had a two-time All-American Butkus Award winner lined up next to me that had been in that defense for, what, 99? It was his third year in that defense, fourth year as a starter. So... Like it was all like he he knew everything, he called everything, lined everyone up, made everyone right, could speak the language. Imagine had I been a first time starter as a sophomore, where I I was like the guy, didn't have that dude next to me. He'd be front and center just like Stutzman was. Was in the first, was a first year player in a new defense. I had to learn two new defenses my freshman year and then a new one my sophomore year. Are you kidding me? Like if you, whenever you consider all of those factors. Oh, and by the way, uh, had oh Dvorak, Harris, uh, Corey Klein, Jimmy Wilkerson, uh, like all of these players on the defensive line in front of me. You know, there were, there's a Roy Williams playing safety, making everyone right. I mean, to, to your point, it's you can hide. You can you can gradually be brought into that uh, into that spot at a little bit better of a pace. He's been thrown into the fire with I mean, there's guys out there that are helping. Everyone's trying to come along together, but there's no, there's no experience out there in this defense, and that is critical. And despite all those things against him, he's still grown exponentially throughout the year. Uh, let's see. All my friends in Florida are FSU alums, and they've all said that Stutzman and Barnes were the best players on the field last night. They were at the game. Mm, I don't know. Um, they were both good. But those two inside backers for Florida State were pretty daggum good, yeah. too. So was Verse. Yeah. So was uh, Johnny Wilson. I uh, I do believe the text, though, that uh, you have friends that are Florida State and alums, and they were at the game. Because it sounded like on TV that anyone that's ever uh, graduated from Florida State or wore a Florida State T-shirt was inside that stadium last night. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, I'll tell you, it was funny. Ty Darlington was there at the hotel last night, you know, he was on the Florida staff and he said something that at first I was like, I looked at him sideways, but it ended up being dead on. And I figured out what he was saying. He said in Florida, the further North you go, the further South you are. And I was like, okay, yes, yes. I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, he's like, you're well, you know, you get into Tallahassee and up north where the, all the Florida State fans are, you're actually in the south. You're in, like, Alabama, Georgia. That's actually where you are. So 
the further north in Florida you go, the further south you are. You've seen these before. Like, this is where the south actually exists, and someone draws, like, a giant circle, and they always cut it off, like, halfway down the state of Florida. Like, yeah. You know? And I'm, I'll just tell you right now, I was watching throughout the stands during, like, commercial breaks and stuff. Uh, they were – at least some of the spots that I watched, and I'd like to hear from some people that were at the game, it looked like the Florida State fans were ruthless against OU fans and right down there behind the players talking to the players and stuff. It was uh, They were pretty bad. They were pretty bad on the Tallahassee trip in 2011. I've heard that. Yeah, they're not a, they're not a nice fan base. Did not appear to be a nice fan base at all. Looked a lot like what... I remember from, like, LSU. But they're also from Florida, so what do you expect here? How many times in the news headlines do we see Florida man, comma, and then the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard of in your life? (laughs) Some of those people are Florida State fans, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, Always. Some of them, I think, according to Darlington, all of those people are Florida State fans. Yeah, yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah. The further north you go, the that's a a good line. I like that. The further north you go, the further south you are. It was, uh, it was, it was funny. All right, we got to hit a break. Quick timeout. Couple of segments left here on a Friday from Riverwind. Stay tuned. The word is spreading, and the Ref Army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans. And rush as we send you into the holiday weekend. A very happy New Year's to all of our great listeners and all the members of the Ref Army. We will be off on Monday but back on Tuesday to talk about all these uh, bowl games over the weekend. And, hey, hopefully some good news for OU via the transfer portal. That would be nice, right? I haven't talked to you since the Trace Ford news happened. What do you think about that addition on the defensive line? Uh, I think it's interesting. I like it. It's not bad. OSU fans Uh, aren't dealing with that one well. Well, I understand. I understand. I feel feel their pain. It's, uh, It's been a harsh year. In the transfer portal for Oklahoma State, season ended rough. Um, you know, Gundy on the on the podium with the question wasn't received well. It's tough times right now for Oklahoma State. Um, so I the get least. their anger, <laughs> but Trace Ford, um, if he's if he's healthy and he stays healthy, freak show, right? He's uh, he. He makes us better instantly on the edges of our defense. Instantly. Agree. If not a starter, definitely a deep rotational guy that's going to play a ton yeah, of snaps. Yeah, 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 yeah. He'll play. Whether he starts or not, we'll see, but I think he'll play as yeah. well. Text line says uh, the abbreviation for Florida can be FLA sometimes, especially during football games. FLA stands <laughs> for Blanking Lower Alabama, and you can figure out what the F stands for. <laughs> yes, nicely done. Uh, they're jerks because they haven't beat OU in 59 years. Yeah, that's that's the truth. Um, I, pr- I saw, Tyler, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Down on the front row, close to the players, and I don't know if this was players' family or what, but – they were totally surrounded by Florida State fans, and it looked like they were engaged in a four-hour battle of, like, 
people like talking trash to him and them like begging everyone to stop. It was it looked bad. Was there a lot of was there a lot of sleeveless last night for the Florida State faithful? Um I feel like I feel no. like Florida State would be a sleeveless type of fan base. With the Not weather of, and where it's at and what we just learned about their fans. I feel like there's a lot of sleeveless going on there. Well, I will say this. For the female fans at Florida State, they are by far the most, how do I say, lightly garmented ah. uh, fan base that I've come across. They look like the cast of Jersey Shore, Florida State fans? They look like they're all there for Instagram photo shoots. Ah, well, that, well, that's kind of everyone now, but glad yeah. to hear that that's the case with Florida State. Um, yeah. Let me read this text, and I'll, I'll get to a social media post we had earlier. Okay. I, I appreciated what Deshaun White did for the team this year. wasn't perfect for him, but felt he always brought it, and he ain't complain about him playing Cheetah, even if he isn't necessarily the most athletic of a Cheetah. Right. Yeah. Tough duty for him. Um, he's played that spot, come out of his comfort zone as an inside backer, and he's made some nice plays for us. He's had some mistakes, there's no doubt, but he's also made some nice nice plays. Um, that dude, he brings the hat. When he tackles someone and he's got someone squared up, <laughs> I mean, he puts, he puts the forehead of his helmet directly on people's chin and knocks those dudes back. Um, but... Yeah, I think he's done. I think he's moving on. Uh, good career here. Played a ton of snaps for us. Brought some experience. Exactly what the texter said. Um, kind of got us through a transitional period into a new defense before we can, you know, really uh, staff it properly or get the roster the way they want it to to fit what they want to do defensively. So, job well well done by Deshaun White. This is on our ref Twitter page. OU fans in 280 characters or less, give us your takeaway from the 2022 season and how you feel about the future of the program. Let me read a few here. First, we have Miss Burley Boomer. Been a hard season, but I feel very positive about next year. Looking back at being shook suddenly by Muleshoe's sudden departure, I'm so happy with the current staff and truly believe BV will bring greatness to the program. Even though we lost, played great last night. Boomer! Exclamation mark. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're, like I said earlier, wouldn't have wanted this, didn't predict this, but now that it's happened and it's behind us, I think ultimately there's a whole bunch of good that's going to come from it. There's a lot of positivity on here with these responses, by the way. Dare I say that perhaps this result is going to make the future even better than a than a nine-win season or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think, like, because, again, that just that just covers up the warts, that covers up the, the things that you've been able to get by with. And if you're able to continue to get by with them again, they don't get addressed the way they need to be. So um, now that we're through it, it's much easier to say, that I think there's going to be a lot of good growth come from this, and 
that's not just from the players. That's all aspects of the program. Tricia says this year taught us to be positive and resolute in a season with much adversity. I'm so excited about our future. Hmm. What strong character our student athletes have. Thank you to all the coaching staff. Thank you, graduating class. Onward and upward to the Sooner football program. Uh, a few more here. About that. Diane says, I saw a team that had more fight in them than I've seen in a long time. They took punch after punch and just kept getting up. I never felt them give up, no matter how much the odds were against them. And the odds were definitely against them after LR and the players left. Team 128, exclamation mark. This one says, it was tough, but I'm hopeful. Uh, let me read one more. Chris says, we lost more than we thought we would. Oh, man, I just lost that one. Basically, we lost more than we thought we would, but he loves the fight and the progression that happened throughout the year. So Twitter can be a very negative place, uh, yeah. but this is a very positive place, this comment section. I, I don't know if I'm necessarily surprised about that, but I don't see a whole lot of negative responses to that question. Well, I'll give you my response, and I don't know if I can give it in however many characters or less, but it basically goes like this. Sometimes when you win, you actually lose. Sometimes when you lose, you actually win. And sometimes when you win or lose, you actually tie. And sometimes when you tie, you actually win or lose. Is that white man can't jump? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was pretty yeah. confident that that's where you're – I'm like, I, I, feel like a, I feel like this is white man can't jump. Yeah, I think it sums up the season perfectly. Really does. Should have played the win better, like those guys did. You know. Yeah. Especially, right. especially against West Virginia. Yeah, we were not in the zone. Okay, we were not in the J zone. Jay in Tulsa says FSU dude fans are tank top wearing, back pocket cell phone carrying, fully sugared Mountain Dew drinking types. Oh man, you had me until the. Uh, Cell phone in the back pocket. I do that all the time. Is that frowned upon? Uh, well, I don't. I think it's frowned upon if you combine it with tank top wearing and fully sugared Mountain Dew drinking types. That's when it <laughs> starts to become wrong. By itself, you know individually, I think it's okay. Now that uh, they mentioned that, it was. It was. I, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, that's the first time this year. Kind of cool. Mountain Dew was what they had stocked in the refrigerators in the press box. Ooh, sweet. By the yeah. way, did you uh, chunk the Cheez-Its that they had in the press box, or were any readily available? There was Cheez-Its everywhere. And you'll be happy to know, Tyler, even though it – I don't know if they showed it on TV, but that stadium – was it was ridiculous how outfitted they had it in cheese it crap it was oh, yeah. everywhere cheese it packages were everywhere they had a cheese it mascot running around like a giant dork yeah. in the end zone prince chedward yeah no and, that really that was the name yeah prince chedward oh, yeah. God. Uh, uh despite <laughs> all of that my cheese it boycott is intact uh, Did not have one cheese it cracker. Well, that makes one of us. Time. I had about 3,000 calories of Cheez-Its last night at Legends in Chickasha. They kept bringing in free bowls of Cheez-Its. And it's not nice. a snack that I eat on a regular basis, but 
I just I can't eat. I I I couldn't stop eating these Cheez Its, man. God, they're really good. Legends in Chickasha is now. Is that like a dive bar? No, or? no, 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 no. It's a bar with like. <laughs> it's almost gonna sound like City Walk, but it's a bar with like six <laughs> or seven different bars inside. It's awesome, man. It's they have a, like TVs everywhere. Um, they had an OU. They had an OU and Florida State helmet, like you know, in front of each other. Right when I walked in, they have so much memorabilia that the owner was like, "Oh yeah, I was just kind of looking back in the back today, and I saw I had a uh, Bobby Bowden signed Florida State helmet. So I thought, why not? I'll just put that and the OU helmet together. <laughs> it's it's wow. It's, it's a cool spot. That's crazy uh, in Chickasha, huh? Of all places. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yep. Upstairs um, bar. I mean, it's it's pretty sweet. What's the dive bar in Chickasha, though? Um, least surprising name ever. General Lee is the is the uh, dive bar huh. there in Chickasha. Yeah. Uh, we used to go to Mulligans in uh, in Muskogee. Wonder if it's still or there. Or the Wandora in the Chickasha, if that's still open. That'd be another dive bar if you want to call it that. Might nice. be a disgrace to dive bars. <laughs> All right, quick timeout. We'll come back and wrap things up. Headed into the weekend here from Riverwind Casino. Stay tuned. Opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. This season serves as a reminder to stop, reflect, and focus on what matters most. At Landers, we know it's important to do good all year long. And right now, during the Big Finish sales event, get 11000 off the 2022 Ram 1500 and 7500 off the 2022 Grand Cherokee L. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays from all of us at Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman. WAC plus TTNL. TV for details. Are you looking for the kind of OU apparel